looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental. One that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS. Helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things. The iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. All right. Good morning. You like good. my fancy, my fancy. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It's great. So this is good. We got one more thing before we get started, but I welcome my guest today. This is Joseph Stetter. I'm looking forward to this as a, just not as a, just as an entrepreneur, but a business owner and what you, what you bring to the table. Let me, uh, let me tell everybody about you a little bit and then I'll let you take over the mic here in just one second okay for over 16 years joseph stetter has incorporated humor energy passion and a full self-expression into his personal and professional life this is the most let's see the land your dream job new now program this is what i want to talk about right here this is the most complete job finding program on the market joseph Stetter brings his twenty-five thousand hours of mastery to a perfect system that guaranteed results all the trick tips, tools, and systems to optimize the job search with insider information that you were never taught has helped over 25 people get hired in as little as two days. This includes templates of resumes that get you noticed, the top job boards, the top employment agencies, and so much more. This is going to be an awesome hour. Good to see you this morning. Good Joseph, to see you, Mark, and thank you for having me. I appreciate you're welcome. you. It's good. Looking forward to this, man. So I have, you know, I've had on my podcast, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of entrepreneurs and stuff like that and business people that listen. So I think what you're going to bring to the table is going to be good for both those that are looking for jobs and those that are hiring. I think that you have a unique, unique setup that we can learn from both. So let me ask you this as we get started, because in a hiring process, when you when you decided to do this, you it says you have a program, and do you agree that we don't see much of this taught in school? I know it didn't get taught to any of my any of my. I went over resumes with my own kids, and the way I had my kids do a resume, and that might not even be the right way, even after I talked to you today. But it's like I told my son, "This is what I look for when somebody comes in my office." Okay, yep. and so this is where. Uh, I think that you should go. So let's talk about that. Do you agree that that's just not something taught? I, I 100% I agree that it's not taught. And I mean, there are like careers program in schools that kind of teach you the foundations. The problem is that we're regurgitating material that's uh, been created, let's say, when the Industrial Revolution first happened. And, uh, you know, what color is your parachute came out in like mid 70s or so. Mm-hmm. where skills like hardworking, decade committed and team player are kept being written on a resume. But in 20 years of recruiting, I've met very few people that say, listen, I'm lazy. I'll show up late. None of my work will be any good. And I really hate people. Please hire me. Right. So, right. So, yeah, that's funny. So there's also it's subjective because uh, as a martial artist, for example, your perspective of hardworking might be very different than mine because you have to achieve certain levels in martial arts. You have to kind of do something. So, uh, you know, I usually give a simple example of if I compare, let's say, a nurse that worked during the pandemic versus an accountant that works in public accounting. During tax season, it's mandatory for the accountant to work 80 hours a week. So what's hard working 100 versus a nurse that worked five hours of overtime because there wasn't enough nurses or the other shift didn't arrive. Does that mean that the nurse is less hardworking than the accountant because she worked less hours? No, because there's a different level of stress. There's different levels of understanding. So most people that have been taught to write a resume follow the same cookie cutter, generic template that everybody else is doing. Mm. Looks like you have a fan online that has your same last name. 
that is my well, my amazing and incredible wife. That's good. Nice to see you online. That's awesome. Okay, so let me so let let me ask this: When you know, I just you know, every time I have these these things, I get to kind of dabble into my own life to tell you what's going on with it, and then get some feedback so you can help others with it. So, my son. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's going to graduate college here in May, right? Okay. Now he is just happens to be really good at sales. He's just okay. a good salesman, and and he's a hard worker. He's a lot like I am that way. And so when he when he goes, you know, he's working at Zoomies, and he's, you know, he's our top sales person. You know, he was the same thing at at another store. And so now he wants to go into, he's, he's like, dad, I think I want to go into the corporate. I think I want to do, be a buyer for them. Right. Right. So they usually recruit within, Mm -hmm. but there are ways probably to, if there's other people they're looking at how to bump his. I'm going to answer that in two ways for you, if I may. Right. So the first is what I call the five cardinals of a sins of a resume. And the second is an example from my life in sales, but also relates to your son if that's okay with you, Mark. Okay. Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. So the first, the five cardinal sons of a resume. Number one, you use Times New Roman, Arial, or Calibri as your font because those are the default fonts in Microsoft Word, for example. Uh, number two, you use the circle, the black dots, uh, I'll call them, your squares or your hyphens as your bullet points, right? Because that's what we've been taught. Those are what our standard resume should look like. And I'll kind of quickly refer to uh, if you watch the movie uh, Legally Blonde, when Elle Woods or Reese Witherspoon applies for an, not only Harvard, but for the internship, is she sends a pink scented resume. And everyone looks and goes, it's pink, but it's scented, right? But they remember it, right? Now, I'm not saying you need a pink scented resume, but adding a little bit of personality, such as changing the font or making your headings a different color, breaks the eyes in reading black and white all the way through, especially when you have a big pile of resume that you're processing. The third area is to avoid the section called skills where you write generic information such as I'm hardworking, dedicated, committed team player with excellent communication skills and interpersonal skills because again, everybody writes that and your interpretation of it is different. So true. Uh, The fourth mistake is kind of doing a chronological or functional resume where if you've lost your job, let's say recently, and you're working retail, The only thing they see is the retail because most employers spend eight to 30 seconds reading your resume, which means they look at the top third to the top half. If some uh, of the first page, if something catches their attention, they put you in the yes file. And the biggest mistake of all, um, and this is where I think more people need to change drastically, is that people write, I know how to do this and I have experience in this instead of quantifying the results that they produce. So um, in the sales world, if I say to you, listen, I'm a phenomenal salesperson. I know how to do B2B, B2C, account management, lead generation, relationship building. Um, I've worked retail, I've done door-to-door sales, I've done car sales, I've done um, you know, private college sales, I've done um, recruiting sales, and I list there. I've given you a lot of jargon but I haven't proven to you that I know how to sell. If I give you an example, which is a real example and say, um, I worked for a private college that before I came in, did $530,000 in sales for the entire year. In one month, I generated $860,000 in sales for them. Which one would convince you more that I know how to sell? All of the jargon or the results? The results for sure. Right, so for your son, right? You mentioned he works for Zapier now and he wants to kind of progress. He needs to highlight how good of a salesperson he is. He's the top producing. He's surpassing expectations by 50% or whatever that quantifiable. He's doing an average of this much sales per month. Uh, you know, his biggest sale was this. Whatever quantifiable that says, this is how good I am. And when executives see it in front of him and go, holy smokes, there is a level of, I don't want to lose that because that is a lot of revenue for the company. Um, but if your son goes, I'm a really good salesperson, uh, you know, and I have a consistent track record, he might be using some of the lingo. You still need to use lingos like B2B, B2C and all that, but you need to quantify it. 
you need to, to do this. Uh, I love giving this example as a kind of, we'll call it oxymoron. You know, if you're interviewing a receptionist for your business and someone comes to you and says, I know how to answer the phone. I hope you look at them in shock and go, really? A receptionist that knows how to answer the phone. I did not know that because unless they live in an igloo, a cave or choose to practice the faith of Mennonite, most people on earth know how to press the green button and go, hello, how can I help you? Right. <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's true. And I, I laugh because I've run into this myself. Right. right? So, I've run into this myself. If I'm looking for an instructor, they say, well, I've instructed class. Well, I, I certainly, yes, I. Like you, know. you would hope that if you have, let's say, 20, 30 years of experience in martial arts, you've instructed a class. But if you're hiring an instructor, like how big of the class, how advanced were the training? Where did you have people that trained in other martial arts that challenged you that you were able to kind of demonstrate your skill and show that you're you're very good at what you do? Can you break down how to do, let's say, a complex move uh, in a way that the average person can understand it? So again, it's a tying in of the questions you're asking, but also what are you looking for when you're hiring a person? Because just saying that you have martial arts experience might not be enough kind of thing. You know, like if you look at professional athletes, there's a lot of phenomenal professional athletes, but very few of them become coaches because it's a different mindset. I, well, I think that's a hundred percent that you're a hundred percent correct on that. All right, so I'm looking through your resume right here. So I want to get onto this. I want to I want to dabble into a, little, a, a few things here. By all means. But um, I want to talk about your book first, and then I want to I, I want to I want to highlight some of the stuff that you have here because it's really interesting. Everything everything here it interests me because I have so many students that this can this will I'm going to this will this interview will resonate through my school because I got a lot of young adults here. Right. And I think that they need something. They need to hear some stuff like this, some, some real, some, some real talk that can help them in that job world. So give me, let me have 40 seconds because okay. I have a, we do have a brand new uh, sponsor of our show. So give me 40 seconds and we're going to jump into that. Okay. So hold on one second. Looking for the best cup of coffee to start your day look no further than America's best coffee brew. Our well-crafted coffee is made simple to enjoy with a smooth and delicious taste that's sure to please. And with our easy doorstep delivery, you don't have to leave the comfort of your home to enjoy it. That's why we only roast our beans when we receive your order, ensuring you get the highest quality cup of joe and most flavorful coffee possible to enjoy the great outdoors or just lounging at home. Order today and experience the bold, rich, and authentic taste of America's Best Coffee Brew. Order now at americasbestcoffeebrew.com. All right. Thank you, Joseph. That's the first time I had a sponsor, just so you know. So you That's... have my very first show with it. Congratulations. That's and their exciting coffee news. Is, uh, and their coffee is really good. As a matter of fact, I'm drinking it right now. Excellent. So I want to talk right here. This is this is the the part of it that I'm going to read that you you sent me, right? Yep. It says here. I don't want to give everything away because this is probably a program that you sell. I would imagine, correct? Is I have a program have? to help right. people land their dream job. Yes. So let's let's just bullet let's just bullet some stuff, and then we'll talk about where they can get the full the Absolutely. full uh, access to it. Okay. So it says. I'm right here. How to wow the interview. Sim seven simple rules to stand and get hired. Let's take about let's take at least two of them. Okay. Tell me your two that you think are the most important out of the seven. Um so here's the thing. The the seven actually go hand in hand. So it's not that they're more important, but I would say that um similar to what I said about the resume, right? Most people when asked, tell me about this job go into autoresponder. I'm very, like, I'm very good at my job. Uh, I know how to do this. Um, you know, uh, I'm dedicated. Uh, I have experience with this. It's not exciting. So I say change the energy by using what I call nine power words. Proud, 
significance, success, contributions, achievements, accomplishments, results, importance, and impact. Because if you go into an interview and like, I'm really proud of the fact that I'm the number one salesman in there, you don't believe yourself. Neither is the employer going to be, right? Uh, so when you're proud of something, your chest will be out. Your shoulder blades are back. You're speaking from your diaphragm. You're excited about what you have to say, right? So even for you, Mark, as a martial artist, as someone who's run a successful school, as some there, you know, even for this podcast, there's a energy about it that's kind of this is who I am. So if you're going to use the nine power words, such as proud, significant, success, contributions, achievements, results, importance, and impact, you need to quantify it. You can't just say I'm a great salesperson. You need to give me numbers that says here's the proof behind what I say, which kind of goes to rule number one, which is confidence, right? Um, most interviews start with this, what I call wonderfully useless loaded question. So Mark, tell me about yourself, for example. And most people get into a rant of, oh, you know, I have two beautiful kids and I love to travel and uh, I love to read. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It has nothing to do with the job, right? So but similarly, if uh, you've been, anyone that's kind of worked, even if they've worked retail and they've been promoted, they don't come to you and say, Mark, tell me about yourself. They say, Mark, you're doing a pretty good job. We'd like to give you a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more money. Are you interested? So have the confidence that the interview is a formality and you already have the job. Because similar to, let's say, dating, if a guy approaches a girl, I'm like, um, hello, I'm high, I'm, I'm, I'm high, I'm, I'm, I'm high, I'm, I'm, I'm high. Um, can I get your number? His chances are slim and none. The reason I say slim is because somebody might be physically attracted to him. So they'll give him a little bit of chance to try and have a conversation. If you go to a job interview and like, please, please, please give me a job. I'm really hardworking. One of two things will happen. One, they won't hire you because you don't have any confidence in yourself. Or two, they'll hire you, but they know you're desperate, so they won't pay you anything. Right? Interesting. So, mm -hmm. so confidence and then, you know, use power words to make sure your conversation is more meaningful or impactful because, again, if I just say I know how to do sales and I give you all the acronyms, you know, if I'm interviewing with HR, it's a check mark. Like, yes, you've said the right words. But if HR is presenting this to the director or the VP, the VP doesn't care, or the director doesn't care about those words. They care about what are the results that this person produced that matter to me. Because in sales, they teach you about the 80-20 rule where 80% of your sales will come from 20% of the people. So if you're speaking right. results, you're speaking the leaders or executives conversation or uh, listening. They don't care about the word. They care about there. So whether you use ADA, whether you use STAR, whether you use, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's all the same thing. Like here's the situation. Here's the steps I took to produce what I needed to produce. Here's the results I got kind of thing. And like I said, one of the nine words to help you solidify how good of a per candidate you are or why you're the best candidate for the job. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> Tell me if this is good or bad advice, right? I know that I have a habit when I when if I'm ha if I have a family coming in that's going to start martial arts, right? And if, if, if it's a sales, if it's sales or sales, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that you know stories sell facts tell right correct and so i think i think that even myself like if i was going to come and talk to you you know and i see over your shoulder i see this picture with uh it looks like an ocean picture right there yeah. i'd ask about that i said what's that about is that something you enjoy listen and yeah i absolutely. get people talking about themselves more than me and i see that there is a relatability to that what's your thought on that a hundred percent relationship building is very important. And unfortunately with this day and age of social media, we're becoming less and less connected and more and more like, you know, like companies by default say apply online. We've lost that one-on-one -on -one go in person kind of thing. And so people then send out 
thousands of resumes go, there's no jobs out there. No, your resume sucks and you haven't been proactive to right. do something, <laughs> first of all. And second of all, like similar to what you said, you have to understand, I mean, sales is a pain and pleasure principle. So we buy something to create pleasure or we buy something to avoid pain. Either way, you know, in martial arts, it's a little bit of both because martial arts can get you fit, can get you mentally stronger, can help you prepare. But there's also a fear of I've been bullied, I've this. And so, yes, connecting with people on whatever level, whether it's an image, whether it's a picture is great. But don't spend the whole, let's say, interview talking about the picture because that's also counterproductive because you're there for a purpose kind of thing. And I teach. So, for example, in networking, this is where this really applies. I go to a lot of networking events and it never ceases to amaze me the amount of people that come in with a mindset of, I need to collect as many business cards as possible. I need to kind of say everybody hi. And I've had people while I'm in mid conversations go, you sound important, give me your card. And then, and then they'll kind of reach out to me uh, the next day, go, I got your card at the networking event. Can I get a job? I'm like, who are you? Did we actually talk? Is there anything I should remember about you? Not just, here's my card. Versus coming in with a mindset of, I want to have three great conversations and I want to focus on you. So like if I met you, like obviously first thing I would notice about you is the tattoos. Okay. So have a quick conversation about, you know, what got you started into tattoos or why do you like them, for example, and then kind of get to know who you are. So as a self-defense instructor, great. How long have you been, been doing it? You know, what do you love about being a self-defense instructor? And start building that relationship about why you love being a self-defense instructor. Uh, because my services can come later because I can tie it into what you've said as a story or what you've said as a background kind of thing. And most people don't pay attention to that. Um, I remember I was at an event called Networking for Nerds. And I emphasize networking for nerds, right? And <laughs> I came in and there was three or four guys kind of that, apparently knew each other that were standing around and, you know, slowly made my way into the conversation. And I'm like, what do you guys do? And they very proudly said that they're technical writers in the IT industry. And I said, okay, great. Uh, do you have samples of your writing on LinkedIn, for example? They're like, no, why would we do that? I'm like, because you're at an event called networking for nerds trying to drum up business, right? If you're trying to get hired as a technical writer, you should be an event such as the Project Management Institute where leadership attends because they're the ones making decisions. And they kind of looked at me like, what makes you such an expert? <laughs> and when they said that, I kind of took a deep breath and went, mm, let me see. I've been in recruiting for nearly 20 years. I've worked for companies like Deloitte and Touche, Apertex Pharmaceuticals, Tata Consulting Services. I've written over 20 manuals for companies. Um, I've published numerous books. I've written articles for big magazines. And, you know, I do career coaching um, and have helped over 11,000 people. I think that makes me an expert kind of thing. And all of a sudden, as soon as I kind of gave them my resume, they turn around like, what were you saying about LinkedIn that we need to kind of do? And it's like, look, I wasn't coming here to belittle you. I came here to network with you and see who you are. Because obviously, as a recruiter, I'm networking with everybody all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a level of, even if you're a technical writer, if someone's coming and asking a question because, you know, there's writing and there's writing. So I need to see your flavor of writing. I need to see the depth that you can write very complex stuff, for example. So if you're not willing to share a sample with me, why would I hire you kind of thing? Uh, because again, if you're that good, companies will reach out to you directly. They'll come to you, right? If you are starting out as an entrepreneur, for example, it's the same thing. Your job is to kind of interrupt the noise that exists with the amount of businesses, the amount of coaches that exist right now and say, here's why I'm unique. Here's what I bring to the table that's a little bit different than everybody else, right? I didn't invent job finding. It existed way before I was even alive. But 
I have a different thought or a different perspective into, you know, stop being the same as everybody else. Stop having a resume that's black and white, that's chronological or functional, that's, you know, using the same cookie cutter words um, that looks exactly the same and then complain that you're not getting a job because nobody's noticing anything exciting about you. So let me ask you this in your in your expert opinion, right? Yep. So you can see that, uh, you know, I'm going to be 62 in, in, this week, right? You don't look it. And at all. yeah, I, I appreciate. I, I do have some good genes. My I, I get that from my mom. My mom's 80, and she looks like she's 50 years old. Wow. So I want to know because when I when I went to hire some people, tell me if this is how do you how do you get how do you shrink the gap between my generation and millennials because when they come in my office bro i am telling <laughs> you i am like again <laughs> you you know it's such a gap oh it's but a I massive also, gap but i also understand there's some there's as much as i get on the millennials or the gen x or whatever you want to call it but you know because they just didn't have what you know, just a different generation altogether, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also a different they communication bring style. It's and, also a and different... they bring something to the table that I know is important. That you know, and it's that whole online kind of presence, something that's very easy for them because that's what they do. So, but when they come and talk to me, it's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, bro, you need to have some communication skills with actual people. Absolutely. Uh, I find this as a recruiter a huge issue right now where, you know, candidates are ghosting me, candidates are kind of disagreeing. But again, it's kind of asking in layman terms. So for you, Mark, you would say, okay, how would you bring in 10 extra students to the studio, for example, and let them kind of explain their idea, right? And say to them, you need to explain to me like I'm a six-year-old, right? Because they will... Sh break down what they will do in social media, let's say on Instagram or TikTok, that is relevant to you or that is interesting to you, right? The communication is very different, but even in the way that you ask a question, and this is where I'd say on the recruiting side, for example, entrepreneurs, when you need to hire people, instead of looking at a resume going, tell me about this job, it is an autoresponder question. Change a few words in the question. What was your biggest success in this job, right? What were the results that you produced here? Now, when they start speaking about results, as a business owner, you understand results. You understand I need an extra, let's say, 50 students per month. That is my goal for the business, okay? So if you're coming to me and saying you're going to do all this stuff, break it down. How do I get 50? So if you understand basic mark marketing concepts, I'm going to put your message in front of a thousand people out of a thousand people, a hundred are going to click. Okay. You intrigued me, or they're going to watch the video or something along those lines from that hundred people, you know, 10 are going to buy whatever introduction offer you offer such as come in and get, two classes for free or whatever version of signing up for that, right? Once they're here and they're experiencing how great you are at martial arts and how great you are at kind of teaching and, you know, how dedicated your team is, they'll want to stay because you're opening their eyes to what the experience is. But not to be technical, I'm going to post this video and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this because, as you said, Mark, that's probably going to go over your head in terms of, okay, I don't understand why this is important to me. But simplified from here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, here's the results I expect. So, you know, at a cost of, let's say, a Facebook ad, if I'm spending $30 a day, here's what you'll have at the end of the month because that's the numbers that anybody that's average in marketing will produce. Anyone that's great will produce even better numbers than it. And it's easy to follow, for example, right? But it goes back to not just jargon, but here's the uniqueness that I bring. Here's the, the why I'm better, different, or other than everybody else that you're speaking to. Joseph, do you, do you help younger people 
learn how to communicate with the older generation that's hiring? Yes. So I do run, let's say, workshops on communication. You know, I encourage younger generations to join Toastmasters clubs, which teaches you the art of public speaking. Uh, because, you know, even the filler words like um and like, you know, erm, but are issues because, you know, I've heard conversations where it's like, like, you know, so like yesterday, like, like yesterday, like I was having this conversation, like, oh my God, like, you know, and like, and I'm like, you just spent 20 minutes saying like, you didn't say a single word. How is that a conversation? <laughs> right. And <laughs> Toastmasters is so awesome for this because I'm in Toastmasters. Yeah. And so then when I'm I go back, when I started, right, I'll go back now and listen to my first podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, stop with the um, bro. So I do this to myself all the time and I'll listen to us today and I'll start doing the ah counter and go, oh man, I just said that again. Or, and so, and I'm like, ah, yeah. So, so we all have those habits and, and again, but Toastmasters in an environment, you know, uh, there is various other organizations like the American professional association of speakers and the Canadian association professional, uh, like AAPS and caps and there's debate clubs and, at college and universities, those resources are free and available to you. So just go ahead and take advantage. If you're a teenager, there's Toastmasters for teens. There's programs run specifically for teens. And I've run them in the past where uh, I actually had somebody that I spent two weeks training them how to do communication. She went to her first public speaking in the random draw. Um, she was actually first to speak in the contest and came third. Uh, uh, with two weeks of training kind of thing. And it's, again, uh, sometimes when I interview people, I just kind of like, listen, uh, you telling me that you're a really good worker is not the question I'm asking you. Uh, you know, you're telling me that you're dedicated is not the question I'm asking you because I'm asking you specific results-oriented questions. Like, tell me about the biggest or hardest situation that you've had to overcome at work. Explain to me, why was it so complicated and what are the steps you took to kind of create a solution? If you cannot give me that answer, I'm not hiring you. Right. And it's amazing to me, even in interview, the, what you would think is common sense and practice, how far from it, it can go. Right. And I mean, I've been doing this for nearly 20 years and the stories I have, like, uh, can I share one? It's a little bit, we'll call it AA uh, in terms of content here. So uh, one of my biggest clients uh, was one of the biggest like photocopier companies in the world and uh, needed a senior account executive for the photocopier division, base salary of $150,000, $150,000 in potential commissions. The HR manager was one of the most stiff, rigid, proper women I've ever met in my life. When I say stiff ridge, I'm talking British proper, like button shirt up to her chin, <laughs> perfect posture, zero sense of humor. Okay. Yeah. I found a guy that worked for directly for one of their biggest competitors, right? Spent an hour basically messaging him saying, do not crack jokes with this woman. Just be strictly professional. First question of the interview, she asked him, what motivates you in life? His answer verbatim, sex and money in that order. <laughs> Needless to say, interview was done after one question. And then she called me for an hour and a half and yelled at me for sending somebody so dumb for a $300,000 job. <laughs> right. And uh, it's like, seriously, $300,000. job. Like, Even if your best friend's interviewing you, that shouldn't be the first thing out of your mouth. Because they still need to take notes on you, right? <laughs> and trying to be funny is wrong place, wrong time kind of no, uh, there. So, yeah, I've amassed a collection of stories where it's like, seriously, like I, I've, I've just lost a few big job orders and stuff that as a recruiter, I'm going, what is wrong with people? Like I had one person tell me that, you know, like, like, uh, I had a client that needed a senior architect for the uh, security of the bank, basically. And I found a guy that's making 120 right now. My client offered him 180. 
with a possible 25% bonus, but requested that he come to the office once a week. And he looked at me and goes, yeah, I'm not sure if a $60,000 raise is worth coming into the office once a week. That's what I'm talking about. I, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't with that, man. Right. So, so it's like sometimes, right. So it's sometimes it's one of those things that it's like, you know, I had candidates told me they don't want to double their salary because the title is a little bit less. I'm like, who cares? Call me Bob for all I care. If you're going to double my salary, can it be? But the, the, whether it's the pandemic or whether it's the generational, like, you know, a lot of, you know, and this is why I've stopped posting jobs that I recruit for my clients because nobody reads the job description. I had a, one of my clients uh, is a fintech company and I needed a Python React developer with five years of experience. And I wrote like this big, like, so the, the level of your kind of banner behind us kind of thing, mm -hmm. that big in red, bolded, underlined, must have five years of experience. And then the rest of the job description was the normal, you know, size 10, 11 font that, you know, you write a job description with. I got 140 resumes of I'm graduating in 2022 or 2023. Can my first job be $140,000? And I'm like, did you not read the big, bold message that said, must have five years of experience? Apparently not. So, you know, this is where I do old school headhunting and I reach out to people and say, what would it take for you to leave? And uh, I make magic happen for it, for my clients. You know, I just, I'm listening to, to the stuff you're saying right now, right? And I, you know, my podcast called Beyond the Mat because this is what happens when, you take experiences on the mat, you take them outside the mat. And I'm listening to you talk right now because I have a lot of kids that's been with me since they're three years old and now they're in college. Right. And this is something that that I think I can even talk to them about to help them even more on don't discount you coming and teaching classes here as something that's not valuable for an employee. It will. It, it could probably put them over the top. First of all, getting a black belt is one thing, right? When you go to an employer and says, listen, I've been doing martial arts since I'm three years old. I earned, I earned a junior black belt when I was nine or 10. And then I went through the junior black belt ranks. And then I, you know, achieved a adult black belt in 17 and 18 years old. Yep. And I have spent my entire time helping others overcome their insecurities on the mat and helping them become a better version of themselves. And you've demonstrated hardworking, dedication, commitment, team player, uh, without necessarily saying the jargon, but emphasizing just how dedicated you are to get the job done, which most candidates don't demonstrate, for example. Uh, secondly, there is a level of um, employers want to know that you're going to stick around with them because um, on average, it costs a company between $100,000 and $180,000 a month to have one open position. Because when you calculate overtime, when you calculate people burning out and calling in sick, when you're calling in, calculate the overall dissatisfaction of working there because so much is being put on your plate and no one's appreciating you or no one's kind of promoting you or anything like that. When you calculate the time it takes managers to sit and interview candidates, the time it takes to train them that even for training, you're doing surface level training. You're not doing in-depth training. Um, when you break all that down, it's hundred dollars to $180,000 per month, right? So when I speak to your company, they say, would you rather lose, let's say a half a million dollars because you can't sign new contracts. You can't handle the volume that you have right now. Your employees are disengaged. They're dissatisfied or pay me $10,000, $15,000 and get you somebody right away kind of thing. And so it's a conversation that even for entrepreneurs, look, uh, when you start off as an entrepreneur, yes, you need to bootstrap and you need to do more yourself. As you grow, start figuring out what are the things that you don't like and delegate them to professionals. Like, you know, I don't like doing accounting. So I hire an accountant to review and Explain to me my finance, like, obviously, I, I have an idea of what's going on in my business, but to explain to me where the finances are 
in terms of this. I hire a lawyer to review my contracts and say, these are the changes that need to be made if you want to protect yourself, for example, uh, from costly mistakes. You know, I had a business mm -hmm. partner that taught me a very expensive life lesson that derailed me as an entrepreneur for many years kind of thing. So it's that level of, you know, I don't want to do this part. So in your case, when you're talking to some of the millennials um, about social media marketing, for example, get them to demonstrate their passion about it. Get them to demonstrate the results that they have produced before coming to you. Get them to demonstrate you know, here's kind of, if you look at a funnel, big, small, 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 here's people in front of you, people signing up kind of thing. And when that's done, you're also bridging the generational gap in terms of conversation, but you're coming from a perspective of, okay, I get what you're saying. What do you need from me to get all this done kind of thing? So how much of a budget, let's say, are you looking at to get this stuff done? And then you can run the numbers and say, does this make sense for my business, for example? What a lot of entrepreneurs that are very attached to their business, you know, they have a version of this is my wonderful pink dolphin and, you know, I've massaged it and I've loved it and I've cured for it. And um, again, at the end of the day, uh, it's a business. So you have to make smart decisions for your business. And if you're not the right person to do certain parts of your business, make sure you surround yourself with people that are smarter than you that can do that for you, right? Um, it's the same equation for job seekers. You have something of value to bring. So if you've trained in martial arts for 20 years, that is a level of dedication that most millennials do not have and don't know anything about. Um, and so make sure that you understand uh, how significant that is and make sure that you relate. This is why even if you don't have official work experience under the standard of you've worked somewhere that people recognize, you have something that other kids don't have. You have kind of the patience to work with younger kids. You have the patience to explain to them what to do. So, you know, you're a problem solver, you're a communicator because you have martial arts experience, for example. Yeah, this, that's powerful. I, I let, you know, I let the kids know that I said, when you earn a black belt, it's something that's going to carry with you even through job interviews. It really doesn't matter if you did it as a kid or not, because it's going to show dedication, not just on your part, but your folks part of keeping you dedicated and keeping you in line and you achieving something uh, uh, and seeing it through. So I agree yeah. with that 100 percent. So we got some friends on here. So as Emilio's on today, you want to say hi to Excellent. him? Hey, Emilio. Good to see you. Jose, I think, is on also. Jose, great to see you. Good. If you get and Emilio, always, always uh, out there pushing us, man. He's a good dude. So Indeed. I, I, so, so I'm listening to this too because even in my realm of, you know, I use this quite often uh, to promote myself because. At this stage of life, I'm trying to get out there and speak now. Now, just listening to what you're saying now to make myself even more presentable to be picked over somebody else. I think it's important now, just, just this little short time with you on how to how to market yourself a little bit better. So you're the one that's picked over, you know, I've got unique, I have a unique skill set, right? Right. Not, not many people can come up and say, listen. I have an organization that has a dozen people underneath me that I have that I have personally trained. Now they have schools that all earn well over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in their net income. Yeah, and they're all successful and in the black. I've also promoted seven hundred black belts in my time, you know, starting in nineteen ninety, including President Reagan and John Wooden that I got wow. to give honorary black belts to. Wow. So I think that when you when you listen to this stuff like that and then I, I never realized the auspicious of that occasion until, you know, it's over. Right. When I look yeah. back on what that really was that day, I knew it was I knew it was special, but I really didn't know how special until they're gone. And then you look back on pictures and go, I cannot believe I'm standing in President Reagan's office barefoot in karate uniform, tying a black belt around his waist. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. But but those are even as a speaker, the wow moments. Because even if you said stories sell and 
statistics tell, right? Or so you have to understand, like, look, if you notice I'm wearing purple, if you look at anything I do on social media, anywhere, any interview, I'm always wearing purple. It's part of my branding. It's part of I'm the guy with the purple so that if you talk to me and you don't remember then my name and you ask people, let's say, because we belong to the same masterminds, who's the guy with the purple shirt, right? They'll remember mm -hmm. me from the purple shirt. So they might remember my name, even if you don't. So a story like you just said, like if you looked at my reaction, that's wow. Like, you know, not only have you done the 700 black belts, but the fact that you got such a high honor of kind of awarding an honorary president, uh, that too, like how many martial artists can say that? How many martial artists can talk about coaching 11 successful uh, other studios outside of their own that are not necessarily a franchise model, but their own individual business and their own little individual niche market, for example. And so it goes to the same thing. Look, it's a matter of, again, who do you trust and why from a perspective of how they're related to you, right? In a sense that, like, you know, there's a ton of career coaches. I'm not the only one. I don't claim to be, okay? But have any of the ones that you're talking to written books, helped 11,000 people, worked in recruiting with working with some of the largest companies in the world globally, you know, has have written 20 manuals for companies. Um, so all of those things, hand in hand, again, look, I'm also not delusional in that, for example, if you look at me, I'm white. And if you kind of have a, you know, I want someone who's more ethnically or culturally related to me, I'm not the right person for you. If you want someone who's female to coach you and I'm a guy, then I might not be the right coach for you. And I totally respect and admire that. I don't need to be the coach for everybody, right? There's enough of a market for what I'm doing that there can be a thousand like me and we still wouldn't hit everybody that needs help finding a job because the real statistics in North America, which is United States and Canada is, and this is not including pandemics, but this is before pandemic. There were approximately 45 million people that are unemployed. There were 45 million people that were severely underemployed, meaning have a university degree, but, or a college degree, but work at McDonald's, for example. And then there's approximately 30 million people going through some sort of education or retraining. That's a target market of 130 million people. Look, if I am blessed enough to help 130 million people, I'm not going to complain about it. But I'm also realistic because, for example, I know a big issue in the U.S. and some of the viewers such as Emilio are veterans, right? And mm -hmm. respect them for the service that they had. But a lot of veterans have a hard time transitioning to the private sector because they don't know how to communicate that their service is leadership. Their service is results. Their service is focus, for example. And so part of the way that I've created my program is to go, I don't care if you've got zero years of experience. I don't care if you have a criminal record. I don't care if you are a new immigrant to the country that, you know, the language might be somewhat of a barrier as well. My system is so simple that anyone can go and say, yes, I understand. Here's how I present myself in a way that people who are listening to me are excited. Do I need everybody to offer me a job? No, I need one company to offer and recognize this is the value that you bring to the table, right? And um, this gap is becoming even worse now because during the pandemic, I think uh, it was announced that around 65 million people lost their job. And so with automation and with AI, we're getting into an era where the retail jobs are going to be eliminated. So we need to be resourceful in showing that our intelligence, our skill set are needed. Um, and it's anything can be relatable. It's just a matter of what is the profession you're going after? You know, like someone who's done babysitting. Okay, there's still a level of responsibility. There's still a level of organization. It's just a matter of how you communicate the information to show results, you know. I think. Yeah, you hit on a lot of things here, Joseph. You know, I the the branding thing that you talked about, the man in the purple shirt, Jose put up too, right? He's the man in the gold shoes. 
Emilio, he's always kind of got that hat and he's got a different, uh, you know, a, a very sparkling type of jacket that goes on. You know, if you see me, I'm usually in a martial arts uniform. Yeah. So, you know, or, or my tattoos, my tattoos are, are, are something I, I didn't, I didn't get tattoos for that. It just happens to be, I've got big arms that show off tattoos. I, I, I guess, I don't, right. I don't know. It, it's a talking point. So, and I guess I can't make fun of Jose's gold pointed shoes he wears <laughs> or whatever. That's, that's how everybody knows him. You know what I mean? So, but um, he, here's the thing there's like, if I may, and this is where, again, we don't think about it, but there are so many things that can be done. You can wear a funny tie, you can wear a hat, you can wear cufflinks, a particular there. Like this is my favorite watch. Uh, let's camera angle. Right. And again, it's usually a conversation started because it's weird looking or it's a little bit different than most typical watches, um, shoes, um, you know, colorful jackets or shinier jackets like, you know, for women, there's so much more they can do because earrings, necklaces, uh, you know, scarves, you know, even brooches like, you know, there's uh, like recognizing certain pins that these are what they mean, uh, you know, for Marines or for veterans. Right. The fact mm -hmm. that they served it. It's it's a relationship, but like it's earlier what we said in terms of building relationship, noticing something about that person, but it's also a way to be remembered because let's say when I go to a networking event, even though I have my signature in my email, I'm like, I'm the guy with the purple shirt that asked you this question so that I trigger you to kind of go, oh yeah, this guy, I remember that conversation or I love the conversation with, with this person, I'm going to follow up versus I was at the networking meeting. Can I get a job? For example, right? <laughs> true. So true. So, so there's a, a level where, again, it's, you know, find the thing that's you. Find the thing that's like, okay, you know, you have the big arms. Of the, dude, okay, if that works for you. And, again, I've seen some of the videos with the events that you participated with, Jose and Emilio, where you break boards. Again, and that could be your thing, too, because that could be part of your, I'm the guy that will break boards in front of you and teach you how to break them, for example, without hurting yourself, right? So there's a lot you can play with that you know, even glasses, like, I mean, uh, I'm a little bit more conservative in my glasses, but you can have some really funky kind of glasses and people will remember you from the glasses. You know, um, if you wear rings, well, you know, if, I mean, I have my wedding ring, but, you know, if you have like your university or your college, because especially in the U.S., it's a very big sense of pride to to wear the ring of where you went to college or university or you know then those are conversation starters those are conversations because some of them are pretty intricate some of them are pretty you know phenomenal um and so why not because at the end of the day i don't care how people are if people remember me because i'm the guy with the purple shirt but if people want to hire me because they've heard what i said who cares i don't care how they remember me yeah it's it's awesome advice Really awesome. You know, I was just at, at, at sticker shot with Daniel Gomez and, uh, yeah. and, and there was a, her name's, I think her name's Lori, you know, she has the same, she, she said the same thing. She wears that certain dress, her certain high heels. That's what she's known for when she's on stage. That's what she wears. So branding was super important, even this beyond the mat. So I rebranded myself after I wrote the book and I, and I kept my brand like the book because that's really what it was. Cause it was that real talk and I still have real talk, but beyond the mat is something that I do. I mean, people know me as having a martial arts school. That's what I do and smash bricks. So that is what <laughs> I do. So, you know, being people enjoy when I do it and it's always been a conversation starter, I guess, you know, when I look back at it, it I got into it because I was impressed with it. I was like, man, that was so cool. I'm going to do that. And then I said, well, you know what, I'm going to do that and be a world champion. And then I did that part of it. And then I had so many lessons learned from it, traveling the world, smashing bricks, right? And getting to yeah. meet all these guys that do the same thing I do. So it was just a fun, really fun thing. But I don't know. It's it's super – I I do it so much that, I, you know, when you're in the moment, you just do it all the time. It's just something you do. You don't really realize the wow factor something has on on – on somebody else when they've never seen it done. And, and and here's where there's a side conversation and I'm going to quote a business out of Seattle, uh, the fish market in Seattle. It is world renowned for teaching business to other people because 
every day you come in there, they're having a ton of fun doing what it is. And you might do a presentation to right now, and then an hour later, you're doing the same presentation, or a half hour later, you're doing the same presentation. And sometimes we forget that it's not the same audience. We forget that every time you do it, the people that are there for them, it's a new experience. It's a holy smokes. I just saw that happen. That is so cool. But for you, it's like, okay, it's go. I'll break it. No problem. It's like, I know the mindset. I know the routine, uh, you know, and, and, and for me, even though sometimes I like, you know, I've done a multiple podcasts, I might share some of the same information. It's also realizing that your viewers are not the same viewers as let's say Emilio, even though there's an overlap in the network and, or Jose with the, you know, the CLA tribe and so forth. There, there is a level where you might have a few, like you said, you have younger people that are now trained with you for so long, but now they're in college. And if my words can help them navigate, get hiring, get hired faster or get better jobs rather than just the minimum wage jobs. Great. Something I shared made a difference, which is, you know, not only brand yourself, but make sure you emphasize the results that you bring to the table. Make sure that you emphasize that you have a black belt. Make sure that you emphasize how long you've trained. Make sure that you emphasize that you've taught classes because, you know, it requires a skill to be able to teach. And there's a lot of leaders that sometimes have difficulty engaging their employees to follow the vision because it's not communicated clearly. It's not, you know, it's all over the place, for example, or whatever the case may be. Right. So it ties, you know, I, it's, it's, this has been a, you know, such a positive thing just, just listening because even myself, I'm a pretty humble dude. I don't really like talking too much about my rank and all the stuff that, that I've done because it just sounds so like, just shut up, dude. Okay. You know, I mean, and so I've never done it, but man, if you don't promote yourself, properly especially if you want to get out and speak and do these other things I, i've had to learn how to you know talk about myself and still be humble but be a beast when i do it right you have to be a humble beast look i'm like so. that too because like i'm a leo in terms of horoscope if you follow that and i used to be a mm -hmm. huge like show off and look at me look at me look at me and you know i've had to take a lot of steps back because you know I have mentors, you know, Gregory Hall just mentioned the Millie Club, you know, Dr. Mm -hmm. Obambom is a huge mentor of mine and I admire and respect him where there's a level where even on my LinkedIn profile, if you look me up, uh, my name, Joseph Stetter on social media is pretty much all of the social media platforms. Um, like my title is not founder or CEO. My title is I'm a recruiter. Uh, my title is I'm a corporate culturist or I'm a resume whisperer uh, because like, you know, I just had something that I announced yesterday, which was a huge, huge achievement for me. Uh, Brains Magazine um, has been following some of the content that I put up on LinkedIn. And they're ranked the 10th best business magazine in the world right now. And they reached out to me and said, your content is different. You're not regurgitating, you know, you should say you're hardworking decade. You're actually giving real value to people and you're doing it in a way that most people can understand. And we'd like to make you an executive contributor. You know, this is a magazine that has 300,000 readers worldwide That's per awesome. month. And I was just like, on the one hand, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Right. But then the conversation, in the back one, well, what if people are judging me? What if people are going to kind of try and give me the evil eye and, kind of, it's like, no, I can't live my life being afraid to step into my light, step into my greatness. So like, I don't necessarily like I promote, I've written books, I've promoted, I've helped this many people. I promote, this is how fast I found you, the job seeker, the, the job. But those that really want to research who I am, there's a lot more there. I just, mm -hmm. like you said, it's like, I don't need to give you my whole resume for you to try, like to trust. If all you care about is what my price is, you're not the right person for me because you don't understand the value I bring to the table. Copy that. True. Well, let's end this. We are coming up on the hour. Let's end with something that I want you to be able to promote what you do, what you have, what the name of your book is and how people can, whether they hire you or, or how, what, what you have out there for people to come and see. So as you mentioned, I basically have a program that helps people land their dream job now. It's actually the name of the program. Uh, and all it is is basically 
uh, a foolproof system that I've done all the homework for you. So instead, so starting with, you know, the resume I've, uh, and I'm putting it in the chat if you want to share it afterwards in the feed. Um, so uh, like I've given you 15 templates of resumes that I've used with my clients that have gotten hired as little as two days. I explained to you the psychology of it. I give you the seven rules for the interview that guarantees a job. I give you not only where to network, how to network, how to follow up, what to wear, so that you are remembered, for example. Um, I teach you how to negotiate salary. I teach you uh, how to maximize your job search because most people just go in Indeed, which is the worst place to look for a job because the success rate on Indeed is less than 5% because one job posting on Indeed gets between 350 and 5,000 applicants. So if you don't know the tricks on how to get noticed, like, you know, if you posted your resume, let's say in October, we're now end of March, you're on page 7,000 of the database. Nobody sees your resume. So I teach you those tricks. I teach you how to work with employment agencies and what to say to them so that they're more excited about placing you because they make commission to place you with their clients, for example. Um, you know, and how to optimize your LinkedIn because having, yeah, I work here, here's my job title and uh, here's how many years I've worked here is redundant to me because I don't know what you've done. I don't know how good you are. Like when you introduce yourself said, I have 11 people that have opened studios as a result of me. I've given out 700 black belts, right? I don't need to train with you to understand the significance of what you just said. I understand because A, I've dabbled in martial arts myself, but I understand how significant it is to give 700 black belts and to have 11 people kind of have their own successful business as a result of you kind of thing. And those are things that, you know, as a job seeker, you need to do. So the Land Your Dream Job Now program is designed to basically take out the headache of, where do I start? What do I say? How do I do it? And I go through step-by-step step in very plain, simple English. Here's why you're not getting hired. Here's the mistakes that you keep doing that's producing zero results for you. So if you're getting zero results, try it this way, for example. I think that's just so true. I, every single time I do a podcast, I, I feel kind of selfish, man, because it's just such a, it's, it's almost an hour I get with your, your expertise and, to sharpen my skills to help others. And then I'll put it out of there on my platform, but it's so important to have a coach. I don't care what it is, man. Absolutely. If, if you want to get ahead in life, you've got to have a coach push you over the top. Not that you can't do it yourself, but man, you're going to get sucked every day and right in the face. You know, you know, you got to have that coach to pick you up and, and tell you what to ditch and dive and how to move your head and how to fight. You know what I mean? So look, it's, and if I may use like, listen, if you're spending six months to a year looking for a job and you're not getting results, you're doing it wrong. Like mm -hmm. y your job search should not take more than three months. Um, in the grand scheme of being proactive to follow up, being proactive to check in with recruiters, being proactive to do this. And again, conceptually, everybody on earth knows to do this. Conceptually, everybody on earth knows how to lose weight, exercise and eat right, right? But it doesn't happen every day. So the coach, the mentor, like I'm kind of like a personal trainer for job finding. I push you to do things that you normally don't do, but I guarantee you will get you the results kind of thing. Copy that. That's excellent. Excellent way to put it. Joseph, this was great. This was great. I, if, if uh, I, I think we have an, another podcast in the making where I'd like to have some younger adults on with me mm -hmm. and let them ask you some questions. It would be an honor to, to I, do I would, that. I, I have some students here that in my mind, I think would do really well. Cause I'd like to hear from that, from the group. I'd like to just, you know, listen, so. I, I I'm, I, I am of service and I'm humble for, first of all, the opportunity to be on beyond the mat. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, I would be honored to, to do another one where, you bring me some of your students and I interview them or I challenge them on or teach them how to all of the above to ace any interview that they want and get hired because people that see them, people that listen to them go, wow, I need to hire this kid right now. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, just, I'm envisioning that now just to see that, to, to watch you interact with some of the youth because I'd like to see you interact with them. I'd love because that. Because it would help me 
even be a better teacher for them. You know what I mean? There's so much more on the mat than punching and kicking. Punching and kicking is the easy part of what I teach. What's hard is not to use it when you when you really want to. Yep. And how to work, how to have self control, and how to be highly confident, well skilled, self disciplined black belt is really a hard thing. So Absolutely. I really appreciate our time today. I have all your stuff. This will be out. Uh, the audio portion of this will be out. If you go to markcox.com, that is my podcast. I will have all your stuff. You know, you'll have the audio and the video on uh, on my website and all your stuff will be underneath you too. I'll make sure that you're, you know, it's out there and, uh, and I promote you the best I can. Sound good? Well, uh, it's a two-way stream. Thank you again. I've shared uh, the lives and my feeds and once I get them also I will share them with the rest of the social media uh, because I think it's a win-win situation where again your listeners benefit and I get to share what I'm really passionate about which is helping people find their purpose have an awesome day Joseph you great too. hour with you man I really really enjoyed it I, I really enjoyed meeting you awesome man looking forward to some more time together amen thank you yes sir bye-bye now You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.